0: Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM
1: 104.6 FM in Kimberley.
0: Okay, Adley, how are you this morning? I'm well, thanks. And how are you, Asanda? I'm good. Thank you so much. Oh, goodness. I'm so tired. I'm tired of talking about (laughs) corruption. And our first story is about that hashtag who's embroiled in powership scandal. So an entrepreneur, Aldworth Mbalati, a gas-to-power entrepreneur, has uh, implicated two senior officials <laughs> help, help. from the Minerals and Energy Department uh, who have confirmed under oath that they met this uh, entrepreneur Mbalati uh, and two alleged associates of Minister Kwe de Mandashe and discussed a tender with uh, Billion. So Mbalati says he was pressured to engage in this corrupt scheme, uh, but then later his company DNG did not uh, did, disqualified for, for this uh, particular tender. So What's what's uh, the story? Um, I think it's
1: very sad to just discover um, um, the fact that even the way in which uh, tender process do, in the ways in which they go about uh, the tender process in South Africa, um, it's usually in a very corrupt manner, and uh, people are not given all of them given the opportunity to bid, and then a, a you know a successful one or one that's promising can be given the appointment. It's usually the case where a person is either forced. To uh, to do something just so they can get the tender, or it's usually the case where it has already been organised. Who is going to be the winner? So I think the unfortunate part about it is that a person that is occupying so much power, if they do get involved in um, in, in in corruption, then it makes it even more difficult then for um, the person to win the tender in a very legitimate way so the fact that the tender cost about billion is also something that that makes me really sad because it means that it can be the case that um, a, a billion has just gone missing without anyone necessarily knowing what really happened and even if you can try and hold them to account for that it's something that's going to take a very long time for it to happen so i think it's very unfortunate that Um, Every single time, especially in South Africa, people that do occupy positions of power, they're always going about it, going about like doing malicious things just so they can be able to um, generate money for themselves as opposed to doing what they um, are supposed to be doing in the position that they're holding.
0: And I mean, as as you say, uh, it, it uh, it did emerge in this case that First of all, it was a businessman associated with the minister, kwede Mantashe, and a member of the minister's family. So it's been uh, identified as a lawyer, Luvomakasi, and Vuyani Gaga, a business partner of Mantashe's wife. Uh, that's been identified as the two men that met with Mbalati. Mbalati is saying exactly what you're saying, that uh, he, he recounts being told that one thing you must understand about this system in this country of tenders is that you work in accordance to a certain system, and uh, if you don't, then you fail, whether you're not or not, your project is the, the best. So those, uh, you know, words being echoed to him. Uh, but then obviously uh, those uh, the, the, the two uh, put forward have counted that claim. Uh, it's not a surprise. They're not going to agree to have having said that. Uh, but it, it echoes to what you're saying. I mean, he's saying he, I was actually told that there's a system you follow. And if you don't. You don't get the the tender, whether or not you deserve to have it. Um, that's true because I think when it
1: comes to that space, um, things like you know morals and ethics don't um, necessarily um, exist. And the fact that we are told beforehand that you um, know already who the winner is going to be, so you're definitely told that all you have to do is for you to maybe they give you something to do. And if you're able to um, do everything that you've been tasked to do, then chances of you winning the tender are greater. But if you do go against those things, then you also limit um, or you take away your chances of actually winning the tender. So I think that even if we can try and um, uh, work on the administration of how the tender process usually works in South Africa, the biggest problem is always going to be corruption. Because if, as a minister, you are now affiliated with business people and you're not being ethical about the kind of engagement that you're having with those people, then it also means that even if we can try and change the administration of the process itself, then we're always going to find people in positions of power going about it in a wrong way and going about it in a very unethical way just so they can be able to get the money for themselves.
0: And of course, uh, there's track records here of these two, uh, Luvo Makasi and Vuyani Gaga, uh, who have come or whose names have come forward there. Uh, if we talk of Makasi, in uh, some time back, he had allegedly said, uh, you know, he he was reported that he had allegedly said that money would go to senior officials in the ANC and in government from a 2.5 million bribe or that was said to solic- solicit that. And those were serious allegations that emerged uh, of him trying to solicit uh, 2.5 million. And this is U.S. dollars at that, uh, and that bribe from one of the companies that bought South Africa's uh, strategic fuel reserves. Is this now going to be something that you think uh, will be even worse for the minister, This the fact that one of them have uh, a controversial track record?
1: Um, it is definitely going to be worse, and it's also going to implicate him as well. But I think that insofar as holding him to account for what he has done currently, um, I don't see that happening, because I think that it's their routine or it's just their brand to constantly deny and deny and deny that they have actually done something. And then that also means that even justice is just going to take a long time. And even by the time it even happens, everyone will have forgotten about it. So it's not necessarily going to be um, a space that does really prosecutes that person, and but also if they do find them guilty, that they take them to, to prison. So I do think that the system itself is very flawed in, in that instance because it means that even if someone is implicated for such crimes, um, they will never be held to account. And this is why they're you know, always going to continue to um, to take part in criminal activities because they know that nothing is going to be done about it.
0: On the other hand, uh, the other gentleman, Gaga, uh, had more of a direct connection with Mantasha because he and the minister's wife, uh, Nuluantle Mantasha co-owned a business called Sipamba. And then he had another business called Sienza, which was irregularly awarded a 631 million rand contract, and this was to build... Toilets in the Eastern Cape. So then uh, he goes on to be one of eleven accused in 2019, uh, uh, arrested uh, and charged with tender fraud, money laundering, and corruption. But the minister's wife was not charged. What do you think South Africans will say about this particular person and now being linked back to this other issue of uh, DNG? Um, definitely, like
1: citizens are angry about it because also we all know that as soon as someone, especially they, as soon as they occupy that position, then you start hearing that the wife, the children, or like the cousin now has a business all of a sudden. And that business is the one that is always um, getting money or funding from the government or getting tender. So I think that's generally how they operate um, people when they occupy positions of power you start hearing about businesses just so that all the money can be allocated towards them. So I think it makes us very angry as um, the citizens of South Africa because, one, it means that it's, not, it's, it's very unethical for you to be constantly giving the business to your family members. And you know that it's wrong, but you're doing it because of the position that you occupy. But also, secondly, even when it comes to holding um, people to account, the fact that you are not even holding your own people to account you're also being very um you know uh, you're being partial towards your own people then it makes it even more difficult to say that um the process can be very ethical so i think the unfortunate part about being in this country and i don't know um that even if will change the administration? Would it really change? Because mm-hmm. if everyone in the system is already corrupt and that's the way they operate, they operate in a very unethical way, I think that even changing the administration would mean that removing everyone, and if we do also put other people in positions of power, then does it really mean that they're going to inherit those things? So that's my biggest concern, that we can't even find a way where uh, we have people who practice in a very ethical way and people who poor up, placed in those positions to serve the country.
0: And then, I mean, the other question is, why would somebody who was, uh, you know, in a fraud case of tender, uh, who was accused and then, you know, arrested for it, even having conversations (laughs) of another tender after that situation, and there should be maybe a a tender's offender's list. Shouldn't we have something like that in the country? I definitely do think that we should have it because if someone um, has been... You know, If
1: someone was found guilty of corruption, um, I do think that they should be placed on that list and that they shouldn't be given the next tender. Because also, what is the point of constantly going back to someone who um, is, has been found guilty of, of such instances and giving them the tender again? So it really does show the, the links and the connections to how the process, the tender process in South Africa is very unethical and how people are awarded um, tenders not because they deserve to but because they've bribed someone in position of power because they are related to someone in position of power. So I think it's actually very sad that um, nothing is being done about it and that people just get tenders even when um, they have been found um, guilty of, of such things.
0: Okay, second topic, uh, hashtag R. Kelly. So this R&B artist spotted outside a prison facility in a picture, and then it went on to trend, obviously, in social media, because people were saying, has R. Kelly been released from prison now? What's happening? Why are we seeing him outside of court? And uh, that was the big question that people were asking. So this photo then, it's confirmed that it was actually a photo taken way back in March 2019 by the Times Union. What do you make of this one? Was it his PR and marketing, trying to make sure that he stays relevant or something? <laughs> what was this
1: about? <laughs> uh, because actually it is the lie that he's out. So I think that what I can make out of it is just like a way of trying to remind the people that he might be in prison, but it's, it's, it doesn't mean that he's not going to come back and still release music. So I I think it could also be just PR or marketing or just a way of trying to make someone um, be relevant, even when they shouldn't be given that much attention anyway. So, um, yeah, the unfortunate part is that it is happening. And, um, yeah, so, but it it doesn't mean that he's out of prison. So I I also do think that it's a way of just marketing and, and things like that.
0: That's what I have to say to that. Uh, third uh, topic, ESCOM, uh, racism, allegations levelled against CEO Andre De so, uh So, the, well, there's an investigation oh, that I has rubbished be. these claims against ESCOM CEO Andre Reta, but they were brought uh, forward by ESCOM's former chief procurement officer, Soli Chitangadno. Uh, let's talk about this.
1: Um, So I I do think that um, it's always the case, especially in South Africa, because it's a very racial society that when someone comes forward and they um, explain the instances in which someone has been racist towards them, um, it's always a matter of someone trying to delegitimize those concerns, someone trying to show that it's not true, it's not true, and it's really not true. So I do think that the investigation is largely important because um, if you are in a racial society and we know how um, sensitive the race conversation is in South Africa, so I do think that the investigation being lodged is something that's important. And if he is found guilty, then he should definitely, um, you know, be taken to prison for that um, but knowing how things also go how, how, how we do things in South Africa it's usually going to be the case where he's going to be defended to the extent that now he can't even be prosecuted for um, what he has been um, accused of so I do think that it's important for those things to happen especially in instances where um, they've also even questions like his credibility and the fact that he does use power to um, you know, be ra- to 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 pass like racial comments towards other people, and it's also just a matter of understanding that someone in that particular position, um, they need to set a precedent that even in instances where you occupy that position, it doesn't take away from the fact that if you are racist, then you ought to be prosecuted um, for that.
0: Talk about a play in words there, a position of power, and is there. Uh, in, in ESCOM there who, who gives us power. But anyway. I <laughs> uh, <laughs> that. Yes. Very interesting. I mean, but also there's other things going on at ESCOM. I mean, there's a deadlock in wage talks uh, between mm. the them and unions, and they're now going to be mediated by the CCMA. Also, uh, ESCOM has managed to recently repay about a fifth of its debt uh, to 401 billion rand at the end of March from 484 billion uh, a year earlier. And also they're forging ahead with plans to split into three units. So there'll be a generation unit, there'll be a transmission unit and a distribution unit. So are we just going to move on then and, and focus on other things?
1: Um, I mean, I am optimistic but I think that even if they do match them into three for as long as they still have monopoly of power, then Nothing is, is just going to change in South Africa. We just need to um, not allow them to have monopoly. Um, so, but I think we also can also just give, give be optimistic mm. and see how it's going to play out.
0: Okay. Hashtag Interpol now where uh, the investigation or investigating directorate has asked Interpol to arrest and report the Guptas to stand trial in South Africa on fraud charges. Uh, so they've applied to Interpol to assist in this in this case. Uh, And this is uh, after former Transnet board member and uh, three other former senior Free State government officials appeared in the Bloomfontein Magistrate Court on Tuesday. And this is in connection with uh, procurement fraud charges of 24 million rand uh, paid by this uh, Free State Agriculture Department to Nulane Investment, uh, linking this to the Guptas. Uh, Interpol being asked to investigate, I mean, to intervene now.
1: Um, I think it actually was um, that idea of have, of asking Interpol to intervene is important, and especially in trying to assist them to prosecute um, the Guptas and holding them to account. Um, so I think um, 2 out- we're likely going to get two outcomes. First one is that if they are found guilty, they will be taken to prison. Um, but also I think the second one is that the instance where they can just deny everything and it can take a long time. So I think for mm. me, my biggest concern is just um, the time frame. Are we going to make sure that the prosecution happens as soon as possible and that they held to account immediately when they are found guilty. And I also do think that besides this time frame, it's also just looking at the system itself and how they operate and that even when um, they are asked to prosecute particular individuals, were they successful in those instances? So I think that's what I've mostly been looking at, that their track record and trying to see if this is uh, a viable route to take and if they can be held to account because i do understand that even though our justice system is failing us and that the chances of actually holding the group just to account is probably like not there's no not even a chance that our system would hold them to account for the crimes that they have committed so i think that i'm also just trying to give interpol the opportunity to to um to present itself and i do think that it was a great idea that now they've asked um, Interpol to intervene yeah. in that situation. So all we have to, to hope for now is that they are held to account and that also just in terms of time frame, that it doesn't take a long time, it doesn't take many years for, for, for them to We don't to want another Zondo Commission. Yes, Definitely. we don't want that. Yes, yeah. we don't want that.
0: And of course I mean, just to add uh, the free state government paying into the nulane that uh, those funds there and then it was done it was found after- a feasibility study that nulane was supposed to conduct that nulane had no employees and uh basically yeah and, and but they were in, linked still to the Gupta family owned company island site, even though there were no employees in that company nulane or Nulane. <laughs> Yeah, interesting things. Uh, yeah, corruption, corruption, corruption in the country. Yeah. Okay, let's move on now. Uh, talking to, uh, uh, talking about hashtag balula. Now our next topic. So he, the transport minister, has uh, lashed out at the DA and EFF, and this was uh, while he was responding to the President's parliamentary Q&A. So the DA and EFF obviously criticized uh, the President in his leadership, describing him, um, Transport Minister, describing the DA and EFF as two opportunistic tendencies. Uh, they are basically opportunistic to him. Uh, the DA's com- uh, complaint was obviously against that, and they've made this very clear before, that uh, Cyril Ramaphosa has not taken any action against Health Minister Zuelim Kize on the Digital Vibes communication tender. The EFF also touched on that, and then EFF talking about uh, COVID-19 deaths and how if that's not handled, this Digital Vibes scandal, it will mean that uh, you know, it, it's kind of linked to the inadequate vaccine rollout because there was corruption within the health department.
1: Um, I do think that Mbalula was a bit insensitive though when he said that they are opportunistic because I think in a in a multi-party system like South Africa, those um, opposition parties have can necessarily hold them to account. And I actually do think that it was a good thing that they were holding um, the president to account for what has happened because it's something that's very important, but it, it seems like it's now not being given the attention. It's just a matter of saying that He is the health minister and we need him at the moment. Therefore, we can't really hold hold him to account. So I do think that the two parties, um, you know, uh, pointing out the things that he's not doing, it's not a way of saying that they're opportunistic. I do think that as um, the opposition parties, it's their own mandate to make sure that they're able to hold the ruling party to account for those things. But I also do think that on the second part, though, it's just a matter of saying that, the president has an obligation as well as the president to hold um, the health minister to account for that tender and the fact that he was also involved in in corruption. But if we think about it now is that this is something that they spoke about, they fleshed out last week, but now it's not really a topic, something else. Now we're talking about something different. So it really does show that even accountability is, is just not going to happen because also, this is someone that we need. And I think that's why even a lot of people at the moment are not necessarily fighting for him to be held to account because we're in a pandemic and we really need this person. So if you hold mm-hmm. him to account, what is going to happen? I think that is our biggest, um, um, you know, that, that, that just makes us uncomfortable at the moment. And that's also uh, makes us feel unsafe if we do hold him to account for the things that he has committed. But I do think that Mbalula saying that the two parties are are, are being opportunistic by calling out or pointing out the things that the president is doing is, is, is not okay because I, I do think that it, what they're necessarily doing, they're doing exactly what opposition parties are ought to be doing, which yeah. is to hold the ruling party to account.
0: And criticize them in terms of how they are held to account and whether or not they take action. So Minister Mbalula saying that it's disingenuous as well for both the DA and the EFF to ask Ramaphosa to remove Mkize from his position without following due process was another response that he gave to that, uh, besides calling them opportunistic. He also turned his focus on the EFF saying that they are... Like, you know, they're a danger to the country's democracy. Is that not extreme to say they are a danger to the country's democracy? What do you think?
1: It really is, because hence I'm saying that he was being very insensitive because he was just using um, words to um, not allow for. Because the system of democracy itself allows for, in, in a multi party system, for parties to hold each other to account. So it's not extreme. If anything, what he's trying to do is. Um, just a way of not allowing the EFF as a party to also have its own say and to also hold them to account for the things that they're doing. So to me, it really was clear at that point that he was running away from accountability and he was just protecting um, one of his own, which is protecting someone who's in the ANC.
0: Let's leave it there. Thank you so much, uh, atlehang Please have a great weekend. Uh, we appreciate you.
1: Thank you so much, Asanda,
0: and same to you. All right. Atlechang Mulefe, social commentator discussing trending topics here on SAFM.